0: I got to click the button that says, got it It means that I'm being consent. I'm consenting to be in record. There's something oh, no. oddly, like oddly, like soothing, but also unsettling at the same time about yeah. clicking that button every time.
1: Well, I mean, we all really want robots to control our lives, don't we? I mean, think of the freedom, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, if, if that actually takes over, mm-hmm no one would have to work fast food ever again.
1: Yeah. Most most jobs would probably be gone. It's great.
0: That's that's a thrilling thought. Um, But then they got to figure out what they're going to do about money. And Hmm. that's a stressful thought because, okay, well, are you just going to get rid of money and everyone can just live in a utopia? I highly doubt that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, probably not. In this, the, The people with money really like having that money they do
0: and so yeah i hope that they do eliminate work
1: (laughs) yeah me too
0: i mean that would be great if we didn't have to work and and the things that like need to be done could be done on a volunteer basis
1: (laughs) maybe you get paid for volunteer work you do
0: (laughs) oh that would be fantastic
1: well it would cease to be volunteer work though.
0: yeah but they could call it that they lie about everything else they
1: <laughs> yeah they. they 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 they're those liars those liars liars those the damn liars
0: yeah and that's really what they are that's you know what uh u.s government if you're listening uh to this podcast please pay us for volunteer work yeah and stop being
1: liars
0: (laughs) and yeah stop being liars i assume that's the
1: they i don't know
0: yeah well i mean that's that's
1: i mean that's part of the they
0: it's the best i can come up with i mean i'm not very smart (laughs) um but um I think there's a conversation that needs to be had. And I actually, on this show specifically, and I really feel like we really messed up last week, Eric. Oh. Uh, Because we didn't address the uh, elephant in the room that has been all over punk sites and the internet and memes all over the place. Did you hear about the singer of Buck Cherry wanting to front Minor Threat?
1: Um, yeah, I guess I saw like a post or something and then I I saw, and then I saw your post.
0: Yeah. Yeah. of it. Yes. Um, I 100% back this idea.
1: Okay. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear your reasons. Okay. This is your soapbox.
0: Well, as you know, I am a fan of things oftentimes that, uh, are just absolutely hilarious and seem to be destructive, And being well aware that this is something that's really going to probably go down in flames if it actually did happen. And uh, to me, I think that this is the perfect recipe for that kind of thing to happen uh, because you're going to have a guy who essentially is singing, you know, has been singing songs. About drug use, (laughs) I mean, there's that one song. uh, I love the cocaine. I love the cocaine. Wasn't that Buck Cherry all lit up again? I have
1: no idea. I I think it was. I I don't. I can't. I can't even think of a Buck Cherry song.
0: Uh, Really? You? Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) I missed it. I'm Mm. honestly, um, I'm so happy for you and jealous of you. I just think that it would be the most bizarre thing ever. And Mm -hmm. it, it would just be complete validation that we are living in like the twilight zone. And I just think it would be, I just the idea of like the guy who did the song all lit up again. I love the cocaine singing. I've got a straight edge Mm -hmm. would just be. And he even said that he would shave his head like Ian McKay to do it. (laughs) He actually sent from what I understand and I don't think this is bullshit. He actually mm-hmm. reached out to Brian Baker to do it. I think are Brian, they
1: actually thinking about it.
0: I really, I mean, I doubt it. I, I think Brian Baker's response was he just kind of laughed about it. I follow this YouTube channel sometimes called the punk rock NBA. Mm-hmm. And he uh, kind of did like a video on this whole thing. Oh yeah. I um, watched that
1: guy. That's pretty have good. You stuff. watched him? Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's, he's got some good stuff. I, I enjoy some of his videos and strongly disagree with some of his viewpoints, mm-hmm. but that you're going to have that. But I think he does a really, I think he does some really good videos, but I guess Brian Baker between, cause he's in bad religion now. Hmm. And I think that after minor threat, he went on to dag nasty. Then I guess between dag nasty and bad religion, if I'm, I could be getting these timelines messed up. He was actually in a glam metal band. Oh, so uh, Fed McKinty was saying in his video that it kind of makes sense. If you actually think of that, Brian Baker was not opposed to at one time selling out. That's one of the reasons why minor threat broke up was that they wanted to become, they wanted to have more of a commercial sound and Ian McKay or Ian McKay. I guess he just, he called a band meeting and just said, I reject your demands. (laughs) <laughs> and like, which I mean, that that's a beautiful thing because now we have Fagazi, But could you imagine if you wouldn't have and would have said, "Well, okay, yeah, let's see what happens," and then Minor Threat puts out the U two sounding record? Uh, that would have been know. weird. I would
1: have, yeah, I would have been interested to hear it, though. I mean, me too. It would have to get filtered through the stuff they had previously done anyway, even like subconsciously, it would still have. Some sort of edge to it, and, and that's not a U two pun, but <laughs> like it would still be sort of punky. I mean, it would almost have to be, even accidentally. I think it would be. It could have been interesting.
0: Oh, well, I mean, well. even even U two themselves in the early days had like that tinny thing kind of going on, and the Cure a little bit, you know, and so. I think that's what it would have been like, mm-hmm. at least in the early stages of that. I think it would have been that just any kind of college Rocky. Yeah. And basically I think it would have been like Husker do, you know, makes sense. Like what Husker do did, you know, they, cause they were a, pretty much a straight up hardcore band when they first started too. Mm-hmm. All right. So then yeah. I, I got to ask you and yes, maybe you're not as passionate about, I am <laughs> as uh, on this topic, but what do you think? you think, <laughs> Do you think uh, minor threat. I don't reunite? know. I
1: mean, I like your, I like your take on just sort of it being a hotbed of chaos. You know, just having setting something up to watch it destroy itself. I get that. It sounds cool. I'd watch it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and
1: you know, and I don't. I mean, minor threat to me. Like I don't even understand. I, I mean, I love minor threat, but it's like they barely existed. Y- yeah. Anyway. You know what I mean? It was like a very short amount of time, very limited releases. And I mean, it had a huge impact on punk rock and society in general, um, at least in the punk rock community. And I think that's all amazing, but it also just died on the vine like a long time ago. And this idea that people are just like, waiting for a minor threat reunion i don't it just seems funny to me you know. yeah it's and hilarious like, were they talking about this before buck cherry i assume that's his name uh buck cherry <laughs> um uh, that's what up. i call him yeah like did he cause all the the idea just by saying he would want to do it I or were don't they know. already talking about it?
0: I doubt it. No, I really doubt. Yeah. So if it happens, it's like together. a
1: self-fulfilling promise.
0: <laughs> I, I think what it was is I think actually, in fact, I'm almost 100% sure what it was. is th- There was an interview that somebody did with that guy from Buck Cherry. I think his name is Josh Todd or something, but mm. I'm going to call him Buck Cherry. Yeah, I can't um,
1: think of any better
0: name for it. And while while I'm thinking about it, can, can we also mention that buck cherry it's not my favorite name for a band but i do think it's hilarious Uh because you know what it is don't you i don't it's chuck berry in reverse oh yeah that's actually pretty smart yeah so i i will give them that it's yeah that that's
1: I kind of like them now. I mean, I've never heard yeah, them. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's 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 rock. It's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, even the song, the the other big hit they had besides "Let Up" was a uh, this song called "Crazy Bitch." Oh wow! Uh, yeah, it, it's nice. all over the place, and it's um, <laughs> well, it's all over the place now. If you're like in a bar, you know, oh, I mean, that's yeah, that's kind of you know, like uh. Probably cover band stages, you know, like I would assume, but
1: yes, I I mean, I would probably not listen to them just based on
0: the name of that song, the
1: name of that song. Yeah, if that's their biggest hit, it is then well, besides lit up,
0: it's not (laughs) what it sounds like. It's, I mean, it basically just sounds like 80s radio rock, and yeah, that song is obviously problematic. Yeah, uh, that's a whole nother thing, too, is um, (laughs) if he's On there, like, and he's singing "Filler," which has that line. Um, I think it's in "Filler" where Mackay was screaming about you don't love her. You know, like Mm -hmm. basically, like you know, saying yeah, you're you're making her like an object or something like that. I can't even remember the line right now. But anyway, that would be another thing. Is you know, your biggest hit was "Crazy Bitch," (laughs) right? (laughs) You know what I mean? And uh. You yeah, know, and- I don't
1: know. I like I said, I don't care. I love the idea of chaos and self destruction, and I guess that's fun to watch sometimes if it's not really hurting anyone. Yeah, no, and, and- um, yeah, so I'm all about it. I'll go.
0: I think <laughs> my biggest my biggest fear would be if it actually turned out good. <laughs> and they like- started making new music and recording. Oh man, as minor now threat. You- now you're really getting into some scary territory there uh as minor well i mean you know it happened to dead well dead kennedys haven't made new music but
1: right
0: the whole reunion thing with a different singer definitely Mm -hmm. happened with dead kennedys yeah black flag i mean (laughs) they they actually went as far as putting out that new album back in 2013 and um but yeah (laughs) uh so yeah minor threat uh hey uh i got an idea listeners Uh oh let us know what you think our our are we wrong?
1: Yeah. Are you stoked on Mr. Buck Cherry singing for Minor
0: Threat? <laughs> yes. Is that, is that super exciting for you? Missed. Okay. I'm. I actually think he should start calling himself Mr. Buck Cherry.
1: Wow. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't he? Yeah. It's way more well known than whatever his real name
0: might happen to be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah, Buck Cherry. I,
1: I think, think that's I a know people come up to him and say, hey, you're Buck Cherry, right? <laughs> you think he goes, no, actually, I'm Josh. Josh, I'm Josh. Josh, no, no. He says, yeah, I'm yeah. Buck Cherry.
0: <laughs> He's, yeah, you know about it. <laughs> like, I know he does. Pretty soon, yeah. I'm going to be known as Minor Threat.
1: Yeah, you want an autograph? Sure. What the <laughs> fuck does this say?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
1: my name. No, it's supposed to say, buck cherry
0: (laughs) he just just hands him like the cover of a cd says buck cherry there's my name right there Yep.
1: oh my god okay (laughs) so um i'm glad we got that worked out
0: yeah i'm but you know i (laughs) i do think that it was important to address that on this show
1: yeah yeah it's pretty important
0: anything (laughs) else important going on
1: uh no
0: all right speaking of (laughs) records though we still talk about records on this show don't we
1: Mm, sometimes
0: okay (laughs) i just wanted to make sure is it okay if uh yeah i talk about i think we could sure okay all right (laughs) i just wanted to i wanted to double check because i never know what's okay anymore (laughs) what's the right thing to do i don't know
1: maybe there isn't one
0: maybe not maybe not (laughs) Uh, this episode is going to be um, another episode where Eric and I only have one pick a piece because we had another viewer viewer listener request from our good friend, Michael Dunlap, also known as MJ Dunlap. Mm -hmm. Um, And he uh, requested that we reviewed an album from this group called Peter and the Wolf called the ivory palms. So we're going to, get to that here in a little bit after um, we go through our two releases. So, and then we're going to
1: have a local review. Yes. Who is justice fetish from Des Moines
0: justice fetish. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about my pick. It's from this group called Paris death Hilton. Now I know nothing about Paris death Hilton other than I think the name is cool. And they are a Japanese experimental rock band uh, composed of Kuba on electronics and Kin Takahashi on drums and electronics. So they're a duo. And I, I apologize if I'm getting those names wrong. Um, And uh, the name of this album is called Age of Death. And uh, this was recommended to me from my friend, John, who lives in Clinton, And um, which I was really surprised that he recommended this because knowing my friend John, he normally doesn't seem to listen to stuff like this. I was really surprised. And then when I listened to it, uh, the first thing I kind of thought was this is like almost at times like dubstep, but then it kind of goes into really crazy electronics it's all instrumental it's definitely got a hip-hop vibe to it somewhat of an industrial thing kind of going on there's elements of edm i would even say that there's elements of like kind of like spastic i wouldn't call it like vaporwave but the way that the songs are kind of structured and the way they kind of move around at times reminds me of that Mm -hmm. um and Yeah. Like I said, there's a lot of sort of that, um, you know, which is the part that kind of reminds me of, of dubstep. So like, Hmm. it's a very interesting uh, sounding record, but it's not just one thing to me at all. It, all of those elements, I couldn't narrow it down and put this in any one of those genres on its own. It's just really kind of a, culmination of like all of the crazy sort of electronic music that I've heard in the past, I don't know, decade or so. And yeah, it's, it's really cool. There's, there's three different songs called dead beef, (laughs) which are all spelled with different lowercase and uppercase kind of switched around. Probably, I think my favorite song off of this was Einsteinic death model, Mm -hmm. Um, And the first track called Say My Name, Mm -hmm. which I, for some reason, I was thinking uh, that it was going to be maybe some sort of like redoing of the uh, Destiny's Child song, Say My Name. Uh, And the reason why I immediately thought of that was because the next song is called Celebcore. Hmm. So I was kind of expecting it to maybe be like something that you would hear Void Dweller do or something like that. That's kind of what I was Mm-hmm. wondering about. And actually one of the reasons why I thought that was because I shared Void Dweller with my friend John. And then he uh he immediately shared this with me. Hmm. So nice. I think he found similarities between mm-hmm. Void Dweller and this. And that's another like reference, whatever Void Dweller is, <laughs> I could is definitely like that. <laughs> this is the, the the parts of this are like that. There isn't mm-hmm. a, it's not as sample heavy at all. In fact mm-hmm. I don't think there was really any samples whatsoever, but I Mm -hmm. did see, I did watch a live performance. What it is, uh, it's a live drummer actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a bunch of electronic equipment, I'm assuming probably synths and samplers Mm -hmm. and machines and stuff like that. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a really cool thing. So if you're a fan of like dubstep and when I say dubstep, I don't mean necessarily dubstep, like uh, what's the Coda and the space ape. Uh, Oh, Am I saying that right?
1: Code 9?
0: Code 9 in the Space Ape. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, maybe not necessarily stuff like that. I'm mm-hmm. thinking more like the music of Skrillex or something like that mm. um, a little bit. Maybe a little spazzier at times. But it's not all that. It's There's definitely a lot more. Um, it's, it's definitely like Controlled Chaos is what this record mm-hmm. is. And if you're a fan of industrial music, if you're a fan of just instrumental, electronic, crazy stuff, you could find something in here that you would like too. Very interesting uh, record. Um, did you like this, Eric?
1: Yeah, I did. Um, it's funny, though. I think we had sort of different takes on it, which is cool mm-hmm. because that's kind of how music should work. You know, sure. you're, you are the filter that sure. music goes through, you know? But yeah, I would say that this is spaz rock of the highest order. Like this could live with the best of the spaz, spaz rock. You know, I don't know if that's an actual genre or not, but yeah, this is really cool. It's just synth and drums, real drums, but they do cut them up sometimes and um, chop them and things like that. But for the most part, it's, it's a real drummer. And I think the drummer is really good, like really, really good. It's like jazzy, but it's hard hitting rock drums. The drums reminded me of like Trans Am, Big Business, Mm -hmm. uh, Lightning Bolt, that kind of thing, where the drums are really equal in the mix and in the song. And they're just as much a part of anything else that's happening. The synths really reminded me of like Add Into X, things like that. But also they moved sort of like, Prague. i mean like yes and emerson lake and palmer and stuff like that like the movements themselves the way they're played i mean it it really is super Prague, but super fun and totally chaotic i really liked it and i will listen to it again but by the end of it i was like okay i've hit my threshold for just spaz synth Mm. and heavy drums
0: like (laughs) yeah that that actually is one thing that mm -hmm. um I was actually going to mention, um, Mm -hmm. if you're by the time you reach track 10, it definitely, this is the kind of record that I, uh, would have probably preferred to have like maybe cut it into like, you know, 50%, like listen to the first five songs and then come back to it and listen to the last, because by the time you reach track 10, you definitely, um, it, yeah, it's like overwhelming
1: yeah Um, it starts to um become hard to differentiate things
0: and then the other thing i wanted to add too i Mm -hmm. i totally forgot to mention this and uh i actually made it a point because you were mentioning bands like transam and Mm -hmm. lightning bolt specifically a couple songs and i don't remember what songs they were reminded me a lot of the band hella and i remember um I, I like you mentioned that kind of like, you know, post rock mm-hmm. sort of thing. And the drummer, Zach Hill, um, mm-hmm. of Hella, the drummer of this band reminded me a lot of him. Oh, so okay, cool. that totally reminded me when you, when you mentioned that anyway, yeah. sorry.
1: To- oh, not at all. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I had to say about it. If you like big proggy synths and heavy live drums, you're going to like it. But also I can see what Dan is saying by those electronic elements as well, because it's, it does sort of have uh, some of that stuff happening, but at the same time, it does a lot of different things too. So um, yeah, I thought it was super good and uh, awesome. a lot of fun. So
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah. It kind of, you know, every time I listen to music like this, I want to start a band that sounds like it. right it. every time
1: that happens then, to me all the time. Yeah. And then
0: I'm like, then I start thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, do I really, after like <laughs> three weeks, I'm kind of like, man, it would be, you know, and, and that's definitely not to take anything away from this kind of music, but like, I, I'm always like, man, it would be so cool if I just called up like my drummer friend and, mm-hmm. you know, I, we did like a synth drum thing and made yeah. it like super crazy and, you know what I mean? Every time I hear like a band like this, I always want to start yeah. like a band like it.
1: Well, that's a pretty good review right there. Right. I mean, if you can say this inspired me to want to start a new band,
0: that's, that's cool, true. You know, very, very true.
1: Um, but yeah, speaking of fun, I'll go ahead with my pick for the week. And that is Nikki and the Corvettes. Now I've never heard of Nikki and the Corvettes. I've never heard anyone mention them. I think the Donnas might've mentioned them in a song, one single song, but all I can say is they deserve a hell of a lot more credit than I've ever seen them get because this seems to almost be ground zero for some really cool ideas that probably wouldn't come into actual fruition until 15 years after this came out. Anyway, Nikki and the Corvettes, uh, Nikki Corvette is not her real name, but that's what she goes by. Nikki Corvette, uh, grew up in Detroit. Uh, she ran away from home when her mom wouldn't let her go to an MC5 show. She was dating somebody from the Romantics. They decided they were going to make a record. So they put this band together. It is an all female power pop slash punk rock slash pop punk slash rock and roll band And that's what I mean. Like, I'm not sure any of this stuff really existed before that. Of course, Elements did, but I've never heard it so, like, uh, stripped down and on purpose. It just, there's no bullshit here. But it absolutely is one of the funnest things I think I've ever heard. The songs are so fun. They're like Ramones songs, but without the dark edge, they're a lot more bubblegum than the Ramones. And honestly, it's a lot better playing on the songs as well. Not that that matters. I, I, I think that uh, the Ramones, people who like the Ramones, like that element of, of it and how stripped down it is. But right, these have like nice melodies, nice vocals, uh, good guitar solos, great drumming, a lot of interesting choices, but all of it very rooted in like 50s um, rock and roll and bubblegum pop. 50s, 60s, things like that. Um, but yeah, it's uh it is so super fun. It's almost too much. Like I can see people being like, oh my God, I can't handle this. like this is too too bubblegum, you know. But the things that inspired in the early to mid 90s, uh, even the late 90s, it's the same sort of idea. I personally, Yeah, I can only make it through about half of a No Effects record. You know what I mean, or like Screeching Weasel or something. And Mm -hmm. I think this is pretty similar to that. It's so much and so fun that I don't know if you'll be able to take it, but you should give it a shot because I had a blast listening to it. Honestly, I was so excited when I heard it, and when it started, it got to the song "Let's Go." I literally clapped in my car. Like I was so excited. I clapped. I was like, Oh yeah, this is amazing. It's like one of those things where you just discover something and you're like, why haven't I heard this? Like I could have, I mean, seriously, the first, um, I think it's come on is the song and it's seriously the chorus is come on, let's go. We're going to have a party. Like it's almost a precursor to like Andrew WK kind of stuff. Right. And it's, um, it's just a blast. It's super fun. I can't say it enough. If you're in a bad mood, put it on. It may, might make you in a worse mood, but I would say that chances are it'll make you in a better mood. But yeah, if you just want some Ramones-inspired bubblegum punk, that's super fun and just super girly. And I don't know I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not, but I mean, every song is just celebrating femininity and like, like the song, Boys, Boys, Boys. And like, I mean, that's just the mood of the record is like, we are boy crazy and it's, it's a blast. Super fun. So anyway, what'd you think, Dan?
0: (laughs) Yeah, this, this, this was great. I mean, it definitely, um, uh, it makes total sense that, um, she was uh, dating a guy from the romantics. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is, it's interesting because the opening track, he's a mover, Mm -hmm. uh, that riff reminded me a lot of what i like about you actually oh yeah
1: that makes sense
0: (laughs) so i thought that was that it's interesting that you brought that up because i I was actually going to say that and then uh, it also makes sense that the donnas would mention Mm -hmm. Nikki and the corvettes yeah i think this is definitely a precursor to a lot of that stuff and even like the riot girl movement Mm -hmm. i think that I don't think it would be too far of a reach at all to say that Kathleen Hanna probably at one time in her life listened to this record yeah. or even Courtney Love yeah. or you know somebody like that and then also Green Day. You could go on and on about how um how much this is probably actually a secretly sort of influential mm-hmm. record right. that like you said is not getting near the credit that it deserves i hear a lot of you know a little bit of the runaways mm-hmm. but i do think that this is more more fun than the mm-hmm. runaways i mean like you said it's celebrating femininity and mm-hmm. I, i'm probably saying that completely wrong because i have a pronunciation problem sometimes <laughs> but uh anyway yeah i mean and and some of the songs are just unapologetically raunchy yeah, which i think is like backseat love Backseat love. That's the first one that I thought of. So fun. (laughs) And if you think about it, the Donna's had unapologetically raunchy songs. Hmm. I mean, Take It Off, you know, the the big hit of theirs. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then even Bikini Kill had some like unapologetically, just overly sexual songs, you know. And that was a way to get her point across of what she was trying to get through to the audience, I think. Mm -hmm. And and so, sort of
1: to take that back a little bit from rock, yeah, and
0: roll. exactly. Take that, take the whole machoism and yeah, you know, like not every band can be man of war. You know, <laughs> oh <God>. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it would be absolutely hilarious if every band was man. There'd
1: war. be a motorcycle shortage. There, <laughs>
0: they'd have to ride storage. them all out
1: on stage.
0: I also think that
1: loincloth demand would be through the roof.
0: I think sword sales would. <laughs> Yeah. just skyrocket it would just be like insane um and there would also be a lot of people standing on mountains mm-hmm. yeah you got uh, it. without their shirt on mm-hmm. you know uh i was gonna <laughs> joke and i was gonna say um just to be a smart ass um yeah uh you know because uh you and i had the different takes on paris death hilton you know mm-hmm. i was gonna be a smart ass and be like well i think eric and i had uh you know Real different takes. This really reminded me of a cross between King Crimson and Yes. (laughs) You know, but anyway, uh, just to let you guys all know, this does not sound like King Crimson. No, this
1: is the antithesis of King Crimson.
0: Yeah, it's really, really good stuff. Really fun stuff. It's almost at times, it definitely does remind me of like the song structure of the Ramones. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: There's a song, I want to be your girlfriend.
0: I want to be your girlfriend, yes.
1: you know, it's not like they're hiding that Ramon's influence.
0: Exactly. And the song Gimme Gimme. Yeah. You put another gimme, then you're you got a black flag song.
1: Oh yeah. And then you also have Let's Go and Shake It Up, which are both cars songs. So oh
0: yeah. Those and there's a song songs. called
1: Just What I Need instead yeah, of. Yeah, just, just What, what I, I Need.
0: And then there's oh. um Summertime Fun, which you know is that what's a car's that? song? Oh. well, no, but what's the oh. song Summertime Blues? That's blue cheer, isn't it?
1: Well, originally it was um, Eddie Cochran, I believe.
0: Oh, that was a cover. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And then you also got also Let's Go is the name of a Rancid record. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) These guys definitely inspired. These guys influenced everybody. Everybody. (laughs) My God. (laughs) The cars. I mean, come on, Rico Casey.
1: You know he knows about this. You know he just ripped it off.
0: You're the one that I'm the one by the Descendants in
1: 1996.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So basically, um, yeah. Come on, guys... come on
1: is a cheap trick song.
0: <laughs> yeah, come on, come on, a cheap trick song. All right, boys, geez. boys, boys. There's Boys of Summer by Don Henley. <laughs> um... <laughs> We're getting wet I
1: up. hope this shit Don Henley wasn't influenced by <laughs> Nikki and the Corvettes. I hope Don Henley's
0: not listening to our. Yeah, podcast. I hope he's never
1: heard it. That's what I want for him. That's how good this record is that I wish for my enemies to never hear it.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure somewhere, somebody who you wouldn't get along with have heard mm. Nikki and the Corvettes. Well, now maybe they don't like it yeah, because
1: they probably hate it because they're jerks
0: because they're jerks. Exactly. Yeah. Like Steve Martin in that movie.
1: Yeah. The jerk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, he's actually my only enemy. Steve Steve Martin
0: Martin. is an enemy of yours. Yeah.
1: We have issues. Really? Banjo related. We won't get into it.
0: (laughs) Banjo related (laughs) issues. I'm going to make that. We got banjo beef. (laughs) Banjo beef. (laughs) Dude. I'm going to make that segue into MJ's. uh, Okay. (laughs) MJ's uh, request. Because I bet there's banjo on this. Hmm. Maybe there is. Maybe Maybe. there isn't. I don't remember. But it. It looks like a record that could have banjo on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our friend, Michael Dunlap, MJ Dunlap, recommended that we review this record. It's only on Bandcamp. And I looked up Peter and the Wolf on Spotify and everything else. I couldn't find anything else on this, on this group. So I don't even know where they're from or uh, it looks like Austin um, because I'm looking at the Bandcamp tags. So this is, um, a record called, uh, the ivory palms and the, uh, band camp is traffic T-R-A-F-F-I-Q-E Q-U-E dot bandcamp.com. I don't know if maybe that's like a former name or something, or I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, there's another Peter and the wolf, at least one other group. Uh, Mm -hmm. called Peter and the Wolf. Maybe that has something to do with it. I'm not sure. In any case, this uh, is a 13-song release. It's very, very indie folk. It's got a lo-fi element to it. Mm -hmm. But I think that the songs are really good, particularly, um, I mean, there's there's some songs that I like better than others, and I can't really single out any ones. But I really like the opening track, A Hundred Days, Um, The Traveler and the Country Boys is another good one. Uh, There's some live stuff that they threw on here. Like Mm -hmm. the song Ghost Sandals is really good. Sparks. I think that if you're a fan of, um, you know, stuff like um, Bright Eyes and the Mountain Goats, but also if you're a fan of like um, maybe even a little bit of like Sufjan Stevens, Bonnie Prince Billy, I hear a lot of like that kind of going on here. And these are all just kind of comparisons that I'm kind of throwing out there. The Shins. This is, uh, I, I think this is your cup of tea. And I think it's its done really well. I really like the kind of lo-fi-ness of it. I like the fact it's not recorded perfectly. And I think that's part of its charm. I really like the guy's voice too. And that's kind of my issue a lot of times with music like this. That's sort of more on the indie folk stuff the the voice can really make it or break it with me and i tend mm-hmm. to like the more untrained sort of stranger sounding vocals that's i think that's why like i really like for example john darnell from the mountain goats i really like his vocals mm-hmm. quite a bit and isaac brock from modest mouse i like kind of like the strange vocals that you can kind of you can kind of tell that they are not necessarily the best singers but mm-hmm. that what they're doing is works very well for the type of music that they're playing. I think that's exactly. I think that applies here. I no, I'm not saying he's a bad singer, he's a great singer and mm. a great songwriter, but you know, you can you can tell that he's kind of singing from his heart. Also, this kind of has a little bit in common with your pick from last episode perfume genius as well, Eric. I can kind of see some comparisons going on here. Mm. And I'm sorry to keep just throwing out comparisons, but basically it's just, if you're into like sort of experimental lo-fi um, and it's not all lo-fi either. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. some of it is recorded really well. I think more of the, it's more of the live stuff that you would consider it, but yeah. And there's a, there's a freak folk element to it. Parts of it, the guitars really gorgeous mm-hmm. um, as it usually is. It's usually, I'm usually with stuff like this, the music I'm always, I always like it. I mm-hmm. always love it. It kind of invokes memories of like, I don't know, sitting on a front porch, drinking beer with friends or something like mm-hmm. in a different way than like, say Motley Crue would, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, it kind of has that like, you know, uh, summer evening sort of vibe to it. It's a, it's a really chill record and I, I really enjoy it. Uh, what did you think of this, Eric? Yeah, I
1: liked it a lot. It's not dissimilar to things I listen to, but in its own way, it's not the kind of thing I usually listen to. It, Yeah, it was really good. I liked how minimal the instrumentation is, especially in the first half of the record or so, maybe the first third of the record. It really felt like it was a person And this is my imagination, but a person who is in a room and all they have is a guitar and a piano and a microphone, and Mm -hmm. that's it. And everything sounds like it was used, uh, recorded using it that way. Like even the uh, percussion is just clapping and snapping and things like that. And then a lot of the other parts that might be there, like strings or horns, a lot of times that seems to be done by the the vocal, which brings me to basically my favorite part of the record, which was the harmonies are really cool and layered, and they take up other space in the song, like the horns and strings and things like that. They almost get like, yeah, almost psychedelic. They they they're like a so dense and um, intricate the harmonies that they're. Just amazing, yeah. Um, and I thought that it was just one person doing all those overdubs because the voice sounds so right on. Mm-hmm. But then uh, they do have some live tracks, and they ha- seem to have the same uh, harmonies. So yeah. they must be a-, a couple people singing. I don't know, but yeah, I loved how minimal the instrumentation was. It wasn't seriously till halfway through where I even get like a cymbal. I don't think so.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I loved the lo-fi element of it. It reminded me a lot of bright eyes um, mm-hmm. and even modest mouse in the way yeah. that you can tell things are recorded across the room, uh, especially vocals. And so it's really lo-fi, but it's really warm and it has that faraway sound to it. One other thing I noticed with this is there are elements of ragtime throughout this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like, especially, I think there's a piano based song. And that very much is just kind of like a ragtime song. And so, again, another narrative I sort of made up here is that, because in the record, lyrically, there are a lot of references to traveling, being a voyager, riding trains, uh, being homeless. So it almost has this like, like this hobo aesthetic, you know?
0: Mm, yeah, that's and true.
1: So I know in with the a lot of people in that realm, ragtime and bluegrass and freak folk is a huge element of what they do, you know, when they're busking or whatever. And so sure I think they're sort of trying to generate that aesthetic. I don't know anything about Peter and the Wolf, but they seem to at least be fostering this sort of hobo uh crust punk traveling kind of aesthetic so um i think that could probably explain the ragtime bluegrass kind of stuff that sneaks in there i definitely would not say this that's that that's the focal point by any means because then you have a lot of songs on here that have no no influence from that as far as I can tell. Right. So, um, but it does kind of bubble up every once in a while. So sure. I really Absolutely. liked it, especially the the vocal harmonies really did it for me. Yeah, it was a good pick. So thanks, MJ, for <laughs> suggesting it.
0: Absolutely. And also, MJ, if you know more about this band, please let us know. Cause I i would be curious if you know like more about like any other because I i couldn't I literally couldn't find anything other than this band camp. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong yeah, place. Yeah, I couldn't either. I'd like to see, like, you know, if, do you know if there's any live performances or mm-hmm. anything that exists on YouTube? Because I would be interested in seeing this in a mm-hmm. live setting. Me too. So, yeah, yeah awesome. thank you, MJ.
1: Yeah, sweet. Good so, luck. I guess it's time for the local review. This week, I picked Justice Fetish. They are from Des Moines. The record is called I Hope This Keeps You Up at Night. Came out just recently last month, this month. It's hard to say when you're hearing this <laughs> right? and when we're recording it, but it's yeah. out. It's yeah, out yeah. and it came out recently. So yeah, they're from Des Moines. They um, They call what they do, no wave hardcore. And I get that. I think I can hear that. It's almost as if the singer and the drummer are in a hardcore band and the guitar and the bass are in a no wave band, which is great. Because, yeah, that no wave element, I can hear it. It's like there's some television in there, the fall, wipers, kind of things like that. Things probably played on Jazzmaster guitars, you know. But then, you know, my understanding of hardcore, I don't have a lot, unfortunately, to compare things to. But a couple groups that I like that I also thought shared some elements of this are the locust and Genghis Tron. Mm-hmm. And that's mostly in the, yeah, it gets kind of spazzy in moments. Like um, I don't want to say goofy or funny because that's not really what it is. It just gets a little wild and weird, but it does make it a little bit more intense when the heavy stuff happens, you know, and it adds an uh, element of like um wildness to the whole thing. Like you don't feel very safe listening to it. There's not a lot to like latch on to. And that's really good because I, I think if I had to guess, I would think that justice fetish is purposely trying to sort of discombobulate the listener. You know, they're trying to get you wound up and out of sorts. And I think it works tremendously. The playing is just amazing all the way through. Very tight, super interesting. Not like anything I've heard before. And like I said, my experience with hardcore is limited, but it's still, um, I've never heard hardcore exactly like this. So, but I love the sound that everyone's coming up with and the playing is awesome, like I said. So yeah, they're very, very political. Um, If you pay attention to lyrics, you'll hear that. If you don't, I guess it doesn't really matter. But um, yeah, they're anarchist, vegan. Uh, I don't know if, you know, how militant they are as people, but in the music, the lyrics seem to be pretty, pretty focused. So that's cool. Um, in addition to this having just come out, this record, they are playing a bunch of shows soon around Iowa. August 21st will be in Iowa City with uh, Psy Ops, which is a friend of mine's band, Dolly, um, and Stress Positions is another band that's playing, and that will be at a place called Purgatory, and if you don't have the address for that, then just ask a punk, but um, yeah, I, I love Justice Fetish. It was super enjoyable to listen to, and I'm super glad to be hearing this kind of stuff coming out of Iowa. But yeah, I can't wait to see him play soon, so what'd
0: you think, Dan? Yeah, I, I loved it. Um, I like how this kind of uh, music is just, you know, it it doesn't dwell on anything. It just gets straight to the point. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. most of the songs are no more than, you know, a minute and a half, but there are a couple of them that are over two minutes towards the end, Mm -hmm. but I love that aspect of it. And I really like the title. I hope this keeps you up at night as well as the band name justice fetish. I hear the sort of scronk no wave elements meets the hardcore mm-hmm. for sure. Uh a lot of this some of it reminds me of something like Converge. Mm-hmm. If I had to think of like one band, I mean a lot of this reminds me a lot of the Daughters. And but it's completely it doesn't sound like a rehash of the Daughters. It sounds like they're doing their own thing. It's definitely like a I agree with you, Eric, that it's not exactly like anything I've ever heard before. Mm-hmm. I've heard the no wave meets hardcore thing done before, but not, not like this exactly. This is, mm-hmm. I feel like a new approach to it. It's uh, like you kind of said, um, I can hear that the drummer is definitely more of a hardcore or even metal drummer. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the, the bass player and guitarist's. I definitely hear more of like a uh, noisy punk element, like a noise rock element mm-hmm. or something like that kind of going on. Some of the riffs even remind me of like a sped up Jesus lizard or something like that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really, really good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I bet, I bet this, this would be a blast to see live.
1: Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah.
0: And so you're going to have to let me know when that show is and I might try and make it. Yeah. To it they're also would,
1: playing with the, um... Closet Witch.
0: Oh, are they really?
1: Yeah, uh, September 9th. I think the uh, show in Iowa City on August 21st is going to be pretty cool, too. And
0: I I do have to say that if I had this blasting at full volume
1: mm-hmm.
0: it definitely would keep me up at night for sure so <laughs> yeah. i think mission accomplished guys. i'm hoping
1: the uh, ringing in my ears will keep me up at night
0: so. <laughs> yeah yeah that's true you know i remember when i used to go to shows without wearing earplugs yeah that's crazy yeah and it would
1: almost it. be like you'd be like proud or stoked about it like the next day like i can't hear anything yeah and it's like oh my god dude
0: (laughs) i remember the eeriest thing would be like going to a show with no earplugs at like gabe's or something Mm -hmm. driving all the way home at two o'clock in the morning to muscatine Mm -hmm. with just this yeah like and that was it like i couldn't even listen to music right it was so surreal it literally was like i was like and it, and they would add like a weird element to it. If it was like lightning out or something, or if mm. it was like a weird sky, because yeah. then it felt like I was in close encounters of the third kind or something. <laughs> it was great. I
1: don't recommend. Here I am trying to tell people to protect their hearing. <laughs> yeah. It, like
0: it was the best thing that's ever. Happened. I mean, I mean, there were times like when I was 18 years old, where I thought it was the best thing that ever happened yeah. to me. Like, it was almost like, oh yeah. Well, I mean, that means I went to a good show. If you right. can't hear, you exactly. know. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, it, you know, now I know that's not the case. But right. I just, I, I remember, you know, when you're like seventeen or mm-hmm. eighteen, you think it's badass not to wear a hearing, yeah. belt, just like you think it's badass not to wear a seatbelt. Yeah. You know, <laughs> my my parents. I was the first person I knew in, and this was in the nineties. Uh, my parents, since I lived in Nichols, mm-hmm. bought like three cell phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, for yeah, you know, but but I mean these were like the block cell phones. Obviously, they didn't have smartphones back then. But like the huge, like they looked like walkie-talkies, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they bought them one for me, and one for you know my mom, and one for my dad. And the reason why they did it, and it was this was totally awesome in retrospect, uh, was because I was commuting back and forth from Nichols to Muscatine. Mm -hmm. I lived in Nichols, but I was going to school in Muscatine. It's like a 17 minute drive. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so, you know, if something happened and like my car broke down or something, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I would have a phone to call my parents. Right. And, I used to argue with them about that. I don't need no cell phone. Nobody else has a cell phone. You know what I mean? Like what's a cell phone? You know what I mean? This is stupid. You know, you're treating me like a little kid, you know, blah, blah, blah. When, you know, you, you are, a you are a kid, basically. Right. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. I mean, but it's like, like I refused. I would purposely leave my cell phone at home just to spite them. Wow. And like, you know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and then like, I mean, you know, I usually would take it with me, but if I got into like an argument, you know, when you're 16 years old, sometimes you're just ungrateful as hell, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And looking back on it, I was just like, God damn, they were so right. Now look at the world. (laughs) And I was like, I remember like friends of mine thought it was kind of weird that I had this like cell phone in my glove Mm. compartment. I mean, we used it strictly for talking and that's it. I, I, I could only use it for emergencies because there was only so many minutes right. available like every month. It's crazy, man. And yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know if I was the first kid at Muscatine high school to have a cell phone, but I was the first one to know, or, you know, that I know of, mm-hmm. but like um crazy, man, it's, it's just crazy to think that like, okay, now here we are. What is it? It's, 2021 now
1: mm-hmm. and here
0: we are 20 some years later and like i'm looking at like i'm listening to justice fetish on my phone <laughs> you know like, <laughs> like i yeah. never thought that that was going to happen you know yeah yeah and I for sure, ne- never thought i was going to be able to talk to people you know like on the phone with uh, i never thought i was gonna be able to watch youtube on the phone you know no oh, yeah so crazy man it is nuts I'm
1: addicted to my phone.
0: I am too. I'm totally addicted. I, you know, I totally just like, I want to be controlled.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're talking about smoking phones, right?
0: (laughs) That's what I'm addicted to. (laughs) Smoking phones? Yeah. Well, now I do remember that there were some... There was a certain brand of cell phones that were actually randomly catching on fire.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you remember that?
1: Man, they should make it that way now. So there's a little <laughs> bit of fear the whole time. You know?
0: <laughs> well, we got enough fear right now, I think.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> said,
0: we'll wait. Said,
1: a, we'll wait a decade or so and then okay. make them
0: you know, randomly maybe...
1: exploding. <laughs>
0: Let's turn off the fire switch on these phones for a little bit until yeah. the pandemic's over. <laughs> there
1: you go. <laughs> oh, pandemic's over? Okay.
0: All right, let's get these things burning. <laughs> yeah, this might
1: shoot flames in your ear. You I better think,
0: be ready. <laughs> I think that. will work. Uh, oh, this stupid motherfucker should have been using the uh, speakerphone anyway. Yeah. I mean, what age oh, is he living T-Mobile? in?
1: T-Mobile? Those will blow
0: your ear off. <laughs> <laughs> Dude that would be great if that's the conversations that these companies are having with these voices. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, we better, uh, you know, make it safe for these people, you know, they're catching on fire right now the way it is whole head goes up. <laughs> head goes up. They have like drawings on like a chalkboard, you know, like, yeah,
1: this is what <laughs> happens.
0: You know, we're not going to make this happen again. Oh man. I think, mm. If I ever owned a business, I'd make sure everybody would talk like that at all times.
1: (laughs) Uh, Meeting voice, please. Oh, yeah, right. Well, anyway, I was saying,
0: (laughs) come on, man. Oh, my God. These
1: sons of bitches, right here.
0: That's all I got to start it every time. I mean, you know, like, I think (laughs) that if, like, you're making a product. That is catching on fire randomly. It only would make sense if you talked like that. Yeah, whole head goes up. <laughs> whole head goes up. Holy shit! Oh my god! That is that is a um, whole head goes up. <laughs> well, all right. If you guys want to um, go to our Facebook and go to our Instagram, the Accelerative Thrust, we're we're still there, man.
1: Yep. Um, and there's a link. To and there's a the links.
0: <laughs> yep. There's a link to the links. Um no. to uh where you can listen to this podcast. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're already listening, so we don't really need to tell yeah. you that. But tell your friends about it. Yeah, tell, tell, tell your
1: friends. And if you don't have
0: friends, well you can talk to us. Tell your enemies. We'll be your friends. Yeah, tell your enemies too. I mean, you know, it's like I, I don't care. I'll I'll have friends and enemies <laughs> listen to this. Yeah, and
1: who knows, your enemies might be my friends so
0: yeah you just never know
1: yeah one man's trash as they say
0: i'm just thinking of a like some kid who's getting bullied every day by the same kid and while he's getting like punched in the face he's like hey dude have you listened to the accelerator thrust podcast (laughs) and then the guy the guy stops punching him like no i'll check it out okay and then he's like boom,
1: boom resume punching (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
0: anyways so yeah yeah we're on facebook and instagram accelerative thrust um also i didn't i don't know if a lot of you are aware but um i'm sure you probably are but there's a youtube channel accelerative thrust which has been pretty inactive for the last three months but more content coming to that soon we'll yeah. let you know so keep but in your the meantime, eyes open in the meantime if you want to go over there and Check out the content that's up there. It's a lot different than this podcast, Mm -hmm. um, except for the two videos that I did with Eric. Mm -hmm. The other stuff is just me um, before this podcast. But that's all kind of interesting stuff, I guess, to some people. (laughs) um Oof, i mean sold, it was interesting sold that one <laughs> well it was interesting to, it's interesting to me but you know yeah. like uh, you know well, hey what are you gonna what are you gonna do so yeah
1: so yeah um if you are listening and you have uh, a band uh, you know an iowa band let us know if you want us to review it or uh anything or if your friends do Like, tell us what we should check out. Um, Don't forget enemies. Yeah. And yeah, if your enemies have a band, you want to have us review, make sure to say they're enemies and then we'll do a really bad review. That'll be (laughs) funny. Um, We'll start some beef. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was beef
1: cast. Get get a hold of us and let us know uh, what you want to hear because we're open to it. So we are. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) <laughs> you guys have a very very wonderful day. Bye. <laughs> Bye. While he's getting like punched in the face, he's like, "Hey, dude, have you listened to the Accelerate to Thrust <laughs> podcast?" <laughs>